Hi, Bullock listeners. Ursula Lindsay here. I don't know about you, but I love a good detective story, and I've read quite a few recently over the holidays. So does my co-host, Marsha. She dedicated a whole issue of the anthology she edits, Arab Lit Quarterly, to the theme of crime. This week, we're rerunning an episode in which we talked about the development of this genre across the Arab region. Our guest was a specialist on Algerian crime and noir writing, which, as she said, can be very depressing and also quite brilliant. Enjoy. For thousands of years, crime has been an essential element of human storytelling. There is no Osiris myth without his murder by Set, no Agamemnon without the killing both of the king and of Cassandra. But contemporary crime fiction is given a start date of 1841, its invention generally attributed to Edgar Allan Poe, who, it's alleged, kicked off the genre with the publication of The Murders in the Rue Morgue. From there, the contagion of crime writing spread quickly to England, France, Italy, Spain, and Egypt. By the mid-20th century, the genre had taken hold in Egypt. As our crime-writing consultant Christian-Marie Aboussara notes, the 1930s launched a golden age of Arabic pulp fiction. By 1937, she writes, the genre was so popular, Majalata Rasella dedicated an article to the development of the police story and dubbed crime and detection, detective fiction the most loved type of popular story in Egypt. The magazine further noted that the police detective, once a villainous character, had evolved into a hero and moral role model for Egyptian youth. Popular magazines such as Al Athnen Wal Dunya, which had a 1947 circulation of 120,000, ran true crime stories and crime fiction on a weekly basis, as well as original locked room mysteries and crime puzzles, of which we include one in this issue, translated by Doa Hafiz. These stories had wide impact among authors. Nigim Mafouz has said that his first literary inspirations were detective novels by Hafiz Najib. A generation later, Sanala Ibrahim declared himself a fan of Arsène Lupin. Indeed, Ibrahim's story in this issue of Arab Lit Quarterly, translated by Emily Drumsta, is titled For the Popular Gentleman Thief and moves between the excitement of narrative crime writing and the dull, overbearing nature of state-enforced justice. Moreover, the story Arsène Lupin was written in El Wahad prison camp where Ibrahim was being held, ostensibly for committing a crime against the state. By the time El Atouhi was reading The Five Adventurers books as a boy in the late 1980s, he says he imagined himself in the role of detective. He remembers scolding his brother for not apprehending another child he'd seen stealing bread. In his essay about crime and crime writing, some advice on avoiding censorship, El Tuchi explores the changing relationship he's had with the idea of crime. So that's just a bit from the introduction of this latest summer 2020 issue of Arab Lit Quarterly. And this is episode 53 of the Bulak podcast, which is this time coming to you from three separate cities. I, Marsha Links-Qualey, am here in Rabat, Morocco, as, as usual. Uh, Ursula is Ursula Lindsay is in Amman, Jordan, as also usual, and we're joined by uh, Nadia Renem in Paris. And Nadia, just to briefly introduce her, 
is hello 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 thank you nadia really wonderful no, thanks to have you, you for inviting me it's great to be with you too she is Arab Litz, Algeria and Morocco editor, which is not her day job, unfortunately. She's also a <laughs> postdoctoral fellow attached to SOAS, where she works on a project translating divination texts from ancient Iraq written in the Akkadian language. But that is not really why we have her here today. She's also um, a passionate expert on Algerian crime fiction, which she has been writing about and reading for I don't know how long, but certainly as long as I've known her. <laughs> I think that's um, how we got in touch initially. Um, yeah, I'm in sure. So, I'm sure so. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> so and yeah. and uh, Nadia sort of has both. Um, uh, I think maybe you know the sort of best eagle eye on Algerian crime literature, maybe of anybody in the whole world. Um, and, <laughs> And uh, the world, so we have today the world leading expert on Algerian crime fiction with us here. Um, oh. and, <laughs> um, um, and, you know, you contributed something on Algerian crime fiction to this issue, but also have written sort of an overview, I think, of, um, of the genre as it's expressed in Algeria, both in French and in Arabic. And it would be great if you could just kind of uh, give us, uh, an, uh, you know, some of the highlights and the lowlights of that. Sure. So I, I started initially, uh, I, I've always been reading crime fiction. It's, it's um, um, the type of books I've been going to since I'm, uh, I was a teenager. But I started looking at Algeria in particular when I went to a lecture at SOAS years ago, I think early 2000, and they were talking about um, Arabic uh, literature and genre fiction in the, the MENA region. Um, and then one of the leading experts was saying that there was no crime fiction whatsoever that had come out of Algeria, uh, at the exception, perhaps, of Yasmina Khadra. Mm. And I was um, perhaps in a, a nationalistic way I didn't <laughs> know existed within my body. I felt really, really annoyed at that, and I didn't have the information to confirm or um you rebuke what he was saying. So Suhas has this amazing library where there are lots and lots of novels from uh, all over uh, the Middle East and North Africa. And they have an amazing section on Algeria. And I st started reading from there, uh, reading blurbs and specifically looking for um, crime fiction produced by Algerian writers in Algeria or Algerian writers outside of Algeria who write uh, in Arabic and French. But I've mostly been reading in French because um, that's the language I'm more, most comfortable with. Uh, so I've not found so many uh, novels, crime fiction novels, written in Arabic, but that's mostly my failing. I'm pretty sure there are lots more out there. I just haven't come across them um, because I've just been picking up what I see and understand more immediately. So 
Uh, it's shown me that the genre was born in the 70s, funnily enough, with the publication of a non-Algerian in Algeria, uh, uh, a French writer who'd written under a number of pseudonyms and continued to write in different pseudonyms afterwards. Um, but he probably um, opened the genre in, um, or, or encouraged publication houses to publish that type of novels in the 1970s. And he, he published one after the other, four or six books between the 70s and 72. And then the, the, the door was opened, as it were, and then other books were produced until, until today. But there aren't so many. Uh, I was counting 2020 uh, is going to be the 50 years of Algerian crime fiction. And I found about 60 books, mm -hmm. um, 60 novels uh, of, of a, a different variety, different types of writing, different styles, uh, different crimes as well as investigated. So it's quite varied. It's a small corpus, but it's it's a fun one. Um, mm. And there are really horrible books. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> really, really bad writing in there, which is, you know, you have to read it with humor, a good sense of humor. Um, and there are some, some, um, some real, real gems uh, among them. We know Yasmina Khadra is, really, is a really good writer of crime fiction, but there are people like Adeline Meddy, who um, he's, he's written his third book now. Uh, but he's obviously committed to the genre, and he's, I hope, going to be continuing publishing that kind of, that kind of novel. So, so what are the? I mean, so, I think you know, Yasmida Khadra, as this person at SOAS knew, is is probably the best known Algerian crime writer. Um, so, who who else are the other highlights? So, the highlights are Adeline Meddy. Or uh, uh, in in terms of highlights, the the for me, the writers who write more than one novel. In oh, the, the ones that you think are the best. What should people really read? Yeah. Uh, Salim Aisa is my favorite. It's, a, mm. it's the pseudonym of a guy, I think, who is um, uh, a movie director. I think he writes screenplays, but I'm not sure. Uh, but he's written two crime novels, and they're really, really well written, and the stories are great as well. Um, they, they, they're really hard to find. They're practically impossible to, to find. Uh, I found it, uh, I found one at Soaz and another one in Algeria. There's, um, a, a, a library that's not so well known. That's part of an old, um, old nunnery. Um, and, uh, uh, and that's where, that's where it's just kept getting dusty um but they're, they're not being re-edited but he's he's a really good crime fiction writer uh, and there, in arabic there's um there's uh, amel bouchareb she writes really well more of sort of dan brown's thriller type mm. um but the way that she um experiments with the genre and language um and then as well with the references that she makes to uh, Algerian literature generally is really interesting. 
And more recently, there's been um, a book called Out of Control, Kharij um, al-Saitara, mm. from, um, his name is uh, uh, Uld Abdullah. I think he's, he's Abdul Latif, I can't remember. But um, it's also a typical noir uh, crime fiction um, that's that's just really enjoyable. So you know that um, I read uh, the first uh, Yasmina Khadra novel in the Detective Loeb series as to get myself in the mood for this episode. <laughs> right. And, and it was, and I'm super into it. I'm about halfway through. It's a pretty long story. And I'm, you know, I'm like reading with like over dinner and <laughs> my family. It's, it's really good. Which which is what I think like a good crime novel does is like get, get just get yeah. completely suck you in and um the I find the you know and also I think it has that qualities of a good noir that the language is like really flavorful like you, the descriptions of people mm. the descriptions of places um and uh, and and these books I believe have been they translated have, also yes. yeah a yes. number of his right? and and I will just say that uh, Nadia knows my opinion about this which is it's so stunning that he writes such good detective fiction and that his other novels can be so terrible I agree I mean don't read anything else really <laughs> <laughs> unless it doesn't have, unless it well, it has a, a sort of um, uh, uh, investigation. Uh, theme in his novels uh, that's where that's where he's at his best really but the others are just really yeah difficult well oh, I good. haven't actually <laughs> um and so and so this is this is my introduction to this author who we should say so it's a pseudonym for a, a male author who was a military officer and presumably that's why he he chose to use his, his right. wife's name yeah. I believe to write these novels um yeah, no, they're very solid, and uh, and then of course it's you know it's a discussion of it, it permits this sort of uh, odyssey through Algerian society and politics, and the the villains are also very like colorfully mm. rendered. The voice of the detective, I find, is like very alive. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's a lot of fun. So now I want to read some of these other ones that you've recommended. Oh, um, you know, I've been I've been looking <laughs> for my summer reading. I think oh, I have good. it. Now. I sent you the PDFs I have, or um, I shouldn't say that. Perhaps in, uh, no, no, you, should, <laughs> you <really> shouldn't. <laughs> Sorry, I sent you the actual physical book board um, <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and 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 some titles. But there are yeah some some really really good novels. I'm actually I've. I'm a bit ashamed because I've concentrated just on Algeria. Um, I'm starting to read a little bit um, of crime fiction from Morocco now, but um, I'm completely ignorant of what gets produced outside um, in, in the Middle East or even Tunisia and Libya, for example. I do have so I do have one question. So, mm. um, my impression from from what you've said is that crime writing never became a a big popular phenomenon in in Algeria in the way that it did in Egypt. It seems to me, at least, that um, so when publishing houses began to to publish um, crime novels, they all did it under a 
sort of um, uh, uh, tag in their publishing um, house for a noir, so opening a noir genre. But then they only published one or two novels and didn't pursue um, either actively uh, writers who produce crime novels or it was just a one-off to in perhaps as a, as a copy of what um, uh, editors do outside. Um, so Barzakh has, um, has a, a specific crime fiction and that's where they've published uh, the first of Adeline Meddy, for example, his first novel that was under a, a crime fiction tag um, and, and others have done that. Um, but um, I, as far as I know, readers in Algeria love the, the genre. They read crime fiction, especially from the generation who are 50 years old or so. They, 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 it, it's very popular uh, as a book to pick up. But in re- conversely, uh, promoting the genre uh, in Algeria for, I mean, promoting Algerian writers who are interested in that, in writing those kinds of stories, doesn't seem to have um, what being given space. I see. So so they would be reading uh, Arsene Lupin novel. I mean, they would be reading foreign uh, detective and noir novels or? Yeah, yeah it would all be foreign. Mm. However difficult it is to get books from um, outside, but um, yeah, they they would turn to to a foreign writer. Um, Whereas Marsha, I think you're thinking about the the sort of explosion of that genre in Egyptian literature, in particular, right? Starting in the nineteen sort of well, so so there 2000s. was a huge explosion of it. Well, I think in the 1930s, 40s, and 50s, and then and then right. Right. right, I was thinking and then of the, the more recent one. And then after that, I think you know Agatha Christie novels and and foreign novels did take over mm-hmm. uh, it, the genre. And then there has been a new embracing of the genre. Oh, right. Um, again, r- more recently. And who would you say? I mean, uh, is it the um, what's his name, uh, Ahmed Khalid Taufik? Would that be the the one who wrote Utopia? Would that be the sort of prime example? Um, I think of, of the of the the new, the newest wave, probably Ahmed Murad would be, mm-hmm. um, who had Vertigo okay. and Diamond Dust and uh, the Blue Elephant, um, with these kind of um, Vertigo, maybe more traditionally crime noir. Well, I think I just got those two mixed up, actually. Yeah, I'm thinking of the one that sort of like has stands in yes, for the late Mubarak yes, yes. figures in it, and it the yeah, okay. So this this is the person I'm thinking, like the a photo- he accidentally yes. witnesses a crime, and it involves all these like recognizable figures of the late Mubarak yes, yes, regime, exactly. Of. And um, I think it was it, it had a more difficult time in translation, of course, because the foreign reader doesn't know these figures and uh um also the the sense of humor in the novel which i quite enjoyed is a kind of maybe like slightly broad uh musalsal humor um that didn't come across necessarily in the same way in translation but but the book was very popular and ahmed murad's sort of books in general although he strayed away unfortunately again <laughs> 
you should like Yasmina Khadra maybe stick to this more <laughs> detective crime novel. But do you, but do you think that that's because of where that where this genre like stands in prestige in the literary like discourse like every time somebody has a big hit with one of these books it's not a serious enough book and so sooner or later they they try to become a more serious writer and the, yeah, I mean without not you know being inside someone's head yes I do think so um yeah, the, the shift to then historical novel or yeah a, a serious novel because there was a lot of when um the blue elephant which is a thriller by Ahmed Murad was shortlisted for the international prize for Arabic fiction there was somewhat of a kerfuffle about it you know like he's he's not a real literary writer he's a popular writer um and yeah i think um i would i would of course like to see more space given for fun books <laughs> well and i think that the i mean you can hold genre writing to the same level in terms of the quality of the writing like sure you, you know what i'm saying like there there can be there can be a book that sort of fits into this these these genre slots but is in its writing like transcends them and most don't like let's be honest but that's true of all sorts of things and there's plenty of books that are in the sort of quote-unquote high literary genre and aren't particularly impressive either um I think that's why, like, when you find a well-written, just like when you find a really well-written mm -hmm. sci-fi book or historical novel, or it's it's like hitting gold, right? You kind of get everything. I mean, it's that's why it's mm -hmm. so pleasurable um, to see it elevated, right? By like by by the, by the form. Oh, absolutely, like, yeah. Delivered. No, probably literary genre crossover is my favorite kind of book because, yeah, it gives you all the taste buds at the same time. And there's just so much potential in this genre. I mean, there's a reason that it's been so popular um, because, it, again, like, I think there's, there's like, endless potential to it. I mean, it, it allows for this kind of always these explorations. It allows for, like, um, sort of mapping out societies and and subsists you know sub societies and cities uh you know it, it and it allows for like kind of really actually deep reflections mm. on like justice mm. and 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 truth um often at least the books i've read uh again just for algeria they stop at the justice of the justice system as it were it's almost as if the um, the uh, what's really urgent, what's um, more important in a way, is um, is both the the quest, which is a, a really ancient, uh, uh, an ancient um, element, I suppose, in fiction, um, but also the the seeking um, of justice just exposing the truth um, rather than, you know, just then going into uh, court uh, and, and having those trial types of, um, of books. Uh, I haven't found any of right. those. Yeah, I, I definitely hmm. one of my favorite crime novels uh, is, is all about, yeah, what is the nature of truth? And it, uh, it's 
Uh, Elias Khoury's, one of his early books, which was White Faces in Arabic and translated to White Masks by Maya Tawbit in, in English. And it it does. So there's a, it starts with a, a murder or a body. And then the narrator goes around investigating this, talking to different people. And then, you know, we see different versions of this character mm. and different versions of what might have happened. And then, you know, in sort of classic Elias Khoury style, <laughs> there is no resolution <laughs> and it just sort of spins. At well, the end. or like Raymond yes. Chandler novels, which are sort of my platonic ideal, I think, <laughs> and also some of the earliest ones that I read. Um, you know, it's not always there's always some form of justice, but it's the detectives. It's like when the detective is satisfied, when mm. he's found out what happened and done what he thinks he needs to do which isn't necessary doesn't necessarily mean that the person who's guilty get goes to trial and gets convicted like somehow you know he has his own code about what he has to do what his responsibilities are and you know again yeah the system is there's good cops but there's also mm. bad cops like he can't count on the system. It's about him getting to the truth and you as the reader also with him. Like, fun. Yes. That's, that's what you want. Yeah. You right. Just want to know, yeah. In this right? particular book, Elias doesn't give us there's anything. There, <laughs> <laughs> no, he's like, that here are 20 different no? versions of what different people thought about this character, what could have happened. And then, bye. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, it's, a, it's a very, it's a wonderfully, it's it's a great book. Uh, I mean, the ending is a bit frustrating, but he does want to frustrate you. So, <laughs> and of course, mm. since it's set in Beirut, there's no institutional support for this investigation. It's a guy who's trying to figure out, look into this death. Yeah, mm. it's a, uh, it's part of the. I suppose one of the differences between. Um, although I, 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 I'm, I fear I'm going to turn all cliches there, um, <laughs> of reading fiction from, or crime fiction set in places where the justice system doesn't work. And so you could never really rely on the institutions around, um, around the, this particular justice system. So it's either individuals who are going to take on the task of um, uncovering the truth or some agent that still has some remote sense of, um, of, uh, of truth finding or, or justice seeking. Um, so, it, yeah, it's interesting that way as well. The, the, the couple of Moroccan novels I was reading one of them is uh, based on a on a mother. I hadn't read that before. So a mother who is going to be herself committing crimes to avenge a crime committed against her family, knowing that no one else is going to help her out. Um, and so these are crimes also born out of desperation. But uh, yeah. So she's not only the detective; she's also sort of the justice system herself. That's right. So she's she's found out, she's realized what's happened. And so the book mostly picks up on uh, after her her realization and then her dishing out 
heard justice. Yeah, that almost falls into a slightly even different genre, which is like the vigilante story, which there's mm. such a long history of in a, in American cinema and right, like the person mm -hmm. who has to break the rules to 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 who has to break the rule of law to to hold up the rule of law. I mean, like in westerns and all sorts of genres, you find that. Uh, I, I think within the field of this kind of writing, there's kind of like a two very different types of stories, which is one is the sort of, I think of a little bit as the traditional crime detective story where it's like a puzzle and at the end the culprit is found and justice is served, right? Like the assumption is that once the detective has solved the case, that person is just going to prison. That's like how Agatha Christie novels end mm. and Sherlock Holmes and, right? It's about the brilliance of the detective and then, you know, you know, justice will automatically kind of follow on them solving the puzzle, um, as opposed to these other stories that are much more about, like you say, the person solving the crime is kind of like um, mm. marginalized or lonely in their society. Like they're the only one who cares, you know, mm -hmm. they're up against it usually. Uh, and, and it becomes, and often they don't get full justice. Mm. They just get the truth and it exposes the, the system usually. I'm thinking also that very nice movie. What was it called? Was it called the, the Nile, Nile Hilton? Hilton Affair or Incident? Do you remember? It's a noir film that came out uh, after the revolution and I don't think was screened oh, in it. Egypt. It's a it's a it's a very nice um uh, crime story uh, and and again about this sort of the lone detective trying to solve this crime and uh coming up very much against the mm. limits of the system allowing him to do so and he's a policeman he's a serving policeman um yeah i think there's I'll see okay. if I can find the correct <laughs> title then the the nile right. incident yeah i think um you, you know there is many recent books have had this struggle of then what do you do at the end where what is justice i think ahmed murad's vertigo which mm. is one of his most popular books is very interesting because in the end and i hate to spoil it for anyone but um he just sort of sends out all these documents to to the press as if this sort of exposing of these um these you know it, he uncovers through this murder um, a huge amount of corruption, as though the act of exposure is is going to uh, create a solution. Um, now, it, is this really going to solve anything? Uh, it, is it, you know, is anyone going to even uh, run these stories? He, he leaves that at the end. Mm -hmm. But it's interesting that instead of any kind of institution, he's kind of sending it out in these mass emails to the world. Mm. That's where, um, yeah, that's uh, I, that's a that's a very interesting element because it, in all of the Algerian crime fiction I've read, it's, I mean, Algerian fiction generally is very depressing. Um, <laughs> Algerian crime fiction is even more depressing because you know nothing is going to result um, out of the um, investigation that has just um, brought out. Uh, well, the, the truth, really. So, um, 
And in in some of them, it ends with everybody dying or the <laughs> investigator being murdered. Or, But it's almost as if um, it just needed to be written somewhere, even though it's fiction, obviously, and this is not a historical document you have in your hands. But uh, it's almost as if it needed to be said, someone needed to know. And, and this is, this is, this what, uh, this is what's been achieved. Uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's a funny in between reality and, and fiction there. Uh, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I, 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 th- I think, I think I do. Um, this, uh, even though it's fictional, it's, it's a sort of performance of, pursuing the truth right and recording it Mm. and witnessing of something and it's also kind of i mean and also some of these novels i don't know about the algerian ones but the egyptian ones like they're referencing you know real crimes that are like corruption and you know uh, certain abuses real figures i mean you know uh there's in 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 a in a sort of mm-hmm. they're a mirror right of 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 real crimes that are going on um and uh i also think i mean i don't know like we're living in an era too where like not i mean <laughs> there there's so many like enormous sort of like state crimes going on like in in so many places that that i in a way the the sort of systemic crime is like more interesting, I think, than individual mm-hmm. crimes. Like, and I think the genre probably reflects that. That that what you want to figure out is how you you know that the sort of traditional like you know story of like one theft or one murder like that's we all that's not. Those aren't the big crimes. Everyone kind of knows yeah, that, right? Yeah, I, I think it's uh, it's certainly reflected in some of the books I've read where it starts off with uh, a murder that looks like your, even though murder is never, is never um, petty, uh, well, for the victim or the ones close to the victim, but it's sort of a petty crime, almost. So some regular murder... Um, and then what gets uncovered throughout the through the investigation is are, are huge um, problems of uh, with the state or how the state functions or, or uh, national dysfunctions, um, and there are there are much larger question of how society functions within an abusive state, for example, uh, or how society cannot function. Um, because of because of these um, of these uh, uh, state abuses or state crimes, yeah, I think that it, so. In White Masks by Elias Khoury, it there's sort of almost a question of why does this one guy's no? There's definitely a central question: why does this one guy's murder even matter? Who even cares when you know there's civil war and there's uh, such endemic corruption and the state is falling apart? What difference does it make that this one nobody is dead? Mm-hmm. Um, and yet, you know, of course, we are all one nobody. <laughs> right. And don't you, so you have an essay in your crime issue, Marsha, that talks about also how I think the genre has moved towards like a lot of ambiguity, like more or less well-realized. Yeah, Nettle, Nettle, right. Because Nettle also about... has written 
about his novel, Women of Quarantina, which is why I asked him to write an essay for this uh, uh, issue, uh, is about different crime families and sort of crime is an essential element of that novel, although it's also very literary and also totally over the top um, versus being sort of a realist or minimalist depiction of of crime. Um, and yeah, he talks about, uh, well, Christiane as well, so talks about how in the 1930s and 1940s, the police officer or the de- police detective in these, in these stories was being held up as as sort of a moral figure. And then he talks also about reading these five adventurers books as a kid and, and being so enthralled with this police detective who is holding up the moral order. Um, and then, you know, um, that his uh, vision as what, you know, sh- kind of shifting with the genre of, uh, of what is a crime and how, how can we talk about crime in in fiction without sort of centralizing and valorizing this police detective um which is i think a question that is hitting people in the united states at the moment as well where crime fiction and police uh fiction in both you know film and and print has become such an uh, a, a popular genre um to what extent does that um, you know, valorize the nature of, of policing and take our, det- you know, a- attention off other forms of crime. Well, I think there's been the, right, like, um, depictions of bad cops in American popular culture for a long time. Maybe they've waned actually recently. Um, it's kind of funny to see how cops are portrayed in like 1970s American movies compared to like 80s and 90s. I mean, you really see like politics reflected in culture, I find. I think like, um, but, uh, but, and I think you're right though that the, not only does the depiction of police change over time, and and is in relation to like you know how we as a society feel about the police but the depiction of crime right. itself right i mean um and i'm thinking of something i don't know as like something like the wire tv show you know which which had this in, this i think like you know one of the things that made it amazing was this depiction of both sides of policing certain communities and and policing you know the drug trade in Baltimore which com- had really like ex- like wonderful was wonderful at like n- not making you know it's a cliche to sort of say both sides are mixed or you know there's good and bad in both but what it was was like a completely parallel account and it and and it just showed people being stuck kind of in the roles that they that they played and it did not exercise moral judgments right on these overwhelmingly young black men who who whose options were so extremely limited and and it and it in fact just sort of looked at the whole system of like law enforcement and drug law in the United States as the real problem, not these individuals on either side of this line. Right. I, I'm, I have to say, I haven't watched it, but 
Are you wire? Are you wire fans? <laughs> I'm, I'm a huge. <laughs> no, I haven't seen it. You haven't seen it? Oh my god! No, uh-uh. You guys have both never seen the wire. <gasps> oh my gosh! You have to watch it. It really is one of the best TV shows. I, I, I really think I'm going to rewatch it. It's been years. I remember I watched it in, in Cairo uh-huh. more than a decade ago. Uh, I think it's amazing. Uh, I think it's really, fun, oh, really phenomenal. It out. Um, and it is, I mean, it, it, you know, it's, it's, it's all about how this the police conduct these investigations called the wire because they they're wiretapping right. the phones of drug dealers um but uh but it gives the same amount of attention and depth and understanding right. to both sides it, it That's one i guess i'm quite something go ahead go ahead no, I mean, I was just going to say, I think I'm much more familiar with this brand of crime show, which is um, CSI type crime show of that <laughs> a crime is raised. You've got three people to choose from. This is the guy who did it. We're done. Right. No, wait. And like triple, quadruple zoom in onto like the spot with the microscope and then they like can get, you know, his DNA off a hair and then there's like exciting music and, you know, also the like tech of like recent TV shows, right? Where they're always... (laughs) Yeah, I suppose those are much more like the crime puzzles from 1940s magazines. The guys... The guy's uh, totally. fez is the, the tarbush is hanging up over the, the woman's coat. Therefore, we know that um, she came in first. And so we know who the killer is. <laughs> I mean, and, Me and I actually loved that. So this was I I didn't know the genre existed. The um, sorry, what's it called? A photo uh, in what was right, it called? A photo yes. detective puzzle. Yeah, or apparently. I mean. Christian sent me hundreds of them. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. And you can solve the crime by like, uh, like in two pages by like hearing the clues and looking at it. Yeah. And and actually, so there's something that still exists from it. If you have ever read Miki comics in in Cairo, there's always a one page um, sort of mini mystery that that mm-hmm. uh, relies on the drawings and then you turn it upside down and you have the solution to the mini mystery and uh, you know i oh, this was always my favorite i love mickey comics um, <laughs> I'm, I'm extremely low bro <laughs> what can i say no but it is a childlike view and it gives it gives a childlike pleasure like my 8 year old would love this this is the this is this you know who who launches regularly <laughs> investigations into things right and talks about clues and proof and things like that you know on the on the level of literally figuring out if the tooth That's fairy great. is real or not um but so he he would this is that that's that kind of it's a game that has a clear answer um, as opposed to, I think later on the, the much sometimes more frustrating um, and more and more nuanced, you know, art that, that talks about these questions to which there often is no satisfying yeah, answer. But they're, they're, but they're great fun. Even when they're sort of um, that um, linear, so to speak, uh, because they're absolutely because yeah. we're all and still it's children so, too. sort of practicing um logic and putting facts in a sequence and uh uh trying i mean obviously 
you know, in a more general way, making sense of things. Um, and, and that's what's really enjoyable in crime fiction, I think. It's just trying to figure out in this huge blur um, what, what the picture really is. Mm. Um, but as you, when you were talking about um, having both sides of the story, as it were, I was thinking re- recently that that's one element I haven't found in the in Algerian crime fiction. You get this side of the detective. Uh, you get uh, sort of um, trying to understand the motivations of the criminal from. Uh, the detective, whether the detective is part of an institution, so a policeman or a private detective, or, or some some are just regular individuals, um, but there's you don't get to hear about uh, the the criminal, you don't get to hear the criminal at all sometimes. Um, so so far, yeah, I guess right. In Egyptian fiction, the only thing that comes things that come to mind are either the perspective of the criminal or the mm-hmm. perspective of the person who's solving the crime not n- nothing comes to mind of of books that are doing both at the same time right but you get one i mean mm. you get uh, you get uh, the side of the you get the cr- to hear the criminal well so for instance the women of quarantina by naal el tuhi is all from the point of view of crime families right um and and <laughs> There are a whole bunch of, you know, uh, drug dealers in in contemporary Cairo fiction. <laughs> that yeah, that right. barely as counts Na'el as notes, a crime. Right. That's just <laughs> the lifestyle. Would not have like an exciting novel about finding, uh, you know, the pot dealer in your neighborhood, because uh, really <laughs> there could be many, many of them. Also, I would say, I don't know about literature, but in cinema, there's been a lot of recent movies, Egyptian movies that um, not just like feature, but glamorize basically like gangsters of one kind or another, right? It's like, I haven't actually Mm -hmm. watched that many of them. I've just seen the previews and read about them, but there's a lot of, uh, you know, movies that are centered around this, like the rise of some tough thug basically and it's very much his story uh so in so there's that kind of account of of crime are they kind of like uh family sagas in a way a bit i mean they have a bit to i feel like they they have there's a little bit of a parallel to 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 basically like mobster movies right okay but also and in moroccan cinema too i think there's been a number of these like very like gritty right. violence you know uh, uh, some crime musalsals about mm-hmm. uh, we fought, we yeah we we don't and there is some sort of uncovering but it's all it's from the point of view largely of both well maybe i have seen both the criminal and the police detective in in tv Right. And, and where, and where like, yeah. there's not, I I don't know how it ends. I don't know if in the end they like fall or get caught or die, but there's not a kind of more, I mean, it's similar again to mobster mm-hmm. movies. There's a coolness to the guys, right? It's like they don't have any choice to, but to embrace this lifestyle. And then there's the kind of vicarious pleasure of watching them, like watching what that lifestyle entails, which is like very macho and violent and like, and and there's and and also like materially successful right 
Mm. Yeah, and Nell flips this a bit in Women of Quarantina because, of course, the these um, there are women of Quarantina. There, the, many of the crime bosses are are mm. women in uh, in this book. And I, you know, I think as Nadia says, it it these are many of them are family sagas um, of generations of of how how is crime passed down to that's great to the next generation. That's really really cool. Wow, I wish somebody would write that in Algeria. I don't think anybody's <laughs> ready to um, be very forward with their life as criminals, especially as family of criminals. I mean, within within uh, generations. <laughs> Although I think, I, you know, I think the case of Ahmed Neji sort of points to some of the difficulties. Mm. Um, because so in, in his book, in part of the case, the 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 court case against him, mm-hmm. which he was convicted in Egypt and sent to uh, uh, sent to prison, was the the prosecutor was saying, well, the the character is doing this and sort of um, suggesting that if the character was taking drugs, then that meant Ahmed was also taking drugs. Um, so I, I, you know, I guess if I were <laughs> if I were writing. Crime, you know, crime fiction. That's also obviously there is a lot of crime fiction, and and censorship in these sorts of issues are always utterly mercurial. But but it's you know it's a concern <laughs> to be brought right, up on charges the- of what your character did. Well, so basically, where the depiction of a crime is a right, crime itself, right? Because this new publication we- law that Egypt just put out um, maybe a month ago. It, it, uh, supporting crime, uh, you cannot, you know, uh, glamorizing or supporting crime or, you know, uh, encouraging criminal behavior is one of the mm-hmm. things that you can't, is now a red line. So I think that, you know, you could not import this new issue of Arabic Quarterly mm-hmm. legally into Egypt. Wow. Yeah. Even though I'm not, I'm not encouraging really, you to commit any crimes. Right. And I mean, well, yeah, I'll, I'll try not to say too much about the utter irony of these, the, the worst criminals, uh, you know, in the country telling, you know, passing down more laws about how other people can't uh, uh, glamorize crime. I mean, uh, I'm, you know, one is, one is left <laughs> almost speechless by the lack of, um, you know. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, it'll be always arbitrary too. I mean, that's, that's something else that somebody touches upon in your issue is, is I think that the history of sort of writing a story in which either the criminal is sympathetic or in which, you know, the administration of justice is very ambiguous and then kind of wrapping it up at the end with just like a little happy, neat bow, uh, to, to kind of satisfy the censors and even though we all know that the part of the story that everybody's enjoyed is the 90% that came before um and then and the neat little resolution at the s at the end is just kind of you know to make right. it all pass yeah and and tv and and film of course are held to a different standard in that way mm-hmm. than uh than, than is, writing than than is writing yeah well because there's a, a larger audience for it as i remember um the the very popular novel um one fourth gram or one uh, gram, uh, one quarter gram, which was about 
to sort of um, drug. Yes, exactly. Drug, drug addicts. Addict, uh, I mean, of? I was going to say lifestyle, but that's the wrong word. But um, I, I don't think there was any censorship of the print issue, even though it did become um, a pretty popular read among young people. But then they they faced a lot of difficulty when trying to turn it into a film. Right. Yeah, those 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 red lines are very difficult to to anticipate. Really, I wonder how Hamdouchi's novels are being received, are, are being viewed in Morocco. Um, I haven't heard anybody talk about them. Right. Um, uh. I mean. I think in Morocco too, though there's if there's generally the sense that print runs are so small, and you know it's you know books are so niche in terms of their cultural impact that that they may let things right. pass. You know that's not everybody cares about television <laughs> and movies. Uh, that's that's where they think you know. That uh, that uh, that some mass right. message might pass, or um, but there are the big writers, uh, you know, the Tahar Ben Jaloun and Leila Slimani. But I don't, I, I haven't heard, you know, who I do hear, you know, people sort of generally talking about. But Hamdushi, I don't know, I, and also, I think wasn't his series written specifically at the request of of Hupo? Of I mean, he, I think it's yeah, I think it was, and I was. Uh... Because really there certainly is the this interest on the so there uh, there's the uh, Marrakesh Noir and mm. the Baghdad Noir, and then uh, Hupo I think commissioned five novels from him, right? Um, because I think there is you know this interest on the part of English language publishers mm-hmm. in finding m- much like there's the you know the popular Scandinavian crime novel. What is the breakthrough Arabic mm. crime novel. Um, but Hamdushi has not been it. Right. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan, to be honest. I don't, I don't, I, I haven't been no. very impressed with them. I, I love the I've first read. one, but the other two, I've, I've read two, the, the four or the three, I can't remember now, but um yeah, yeah, I wasn't expecting that. For me, in the end, like there has to be a kind of first of all, like a a real writerly, you know, again, like like vivacity mm. to the language, and then a kind of self awareness, a little bit of almost humor or irony mm. helps. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, I've only read, I think, one of the Dries Schreibe and Specter Ali. N- series but i i would like to ch- check those out I, I as i remember it and of course all books <laughs> fade in one's memory slowly to almost nothing but your impression of it it was it was kind of funny as well as intriguing and and well written yeah and obviously he can yeah, write that's a different pen that's a different pen altogether isn't it um yeah well, it sounds like you, Marshall, you have enough material to run another <laughs> well, prize. I, I think, uh, well, I don't know if Christiane was disappointed. I know I was disappointed that I couldn't run more of of these, you know, sort of classic mid-20th century pieces. There were so many fun ones. 
Um, and then, you, you know, sort of these historical, like the, the El Tanuji um, Oh, yes, story. that's really good. Yeah, which I remember. Oh, I mean, I'm I'm a sort of a long time fan of that story. I've even written a piece of fanfic about it, <laughs> based on it. <laughs> um, you know, the, that he he was writing about crime um, in the 10th century in mm. in a different way than we do now, but in a, still in a relatable way of this utterly bizarre shroud stealing mystery. Like, why do you even do that? I don't know, but. Um, but such great, vivid characters and fun to read. Um, and then, you know, the Banu Sassen, this sort of, sort of quasi, maybe, maybe mythic criminals that people continued writing about their sort of naughty deeds throughout history, um, the book of Charlotte. And so I think, you know, sort of crime, transgression, what does it mean to be a criminal? is sort of a long-standing human fascination. Yeah, and also you can connect it to, I mean, you can go so far out, outside the genre. If you start talking about investigations and about crime, there's 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 so many kinds of writing that contain some element of that. Um, you know, books that don't fi- fall into like the crime genre, but in which the writer is trying to uncover some secret or some truth. Uh, or, and I mean, yeah, I think you, you could just do a crime, one crime could. issue a year, really. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and of course, you know, I, I, I always like to trot out my little argument that, uh, yes, okay, fine. Edgar Allan Poe is the first, wrote the curve's first contemporary crime story, but you know where he got the idea from the from the Thousand and One Nights, from the Three Apples story. <laughs> so, ah, okay. I didn't know that. So, so really, it was it was an invention uh, by, uh, you know, Arabophone writers. Um, hmm. So everything comes back to that. That's good. Well, that's, <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad your your issue is there, and you're there to point it out because there's so much that's not being celebrated in uh, Arabic literary, well, literature, ancient and modern. Mm. But, um, it's great to have a space where, a place where I can say, hey, no, this is, this is, and it has been written and published, so this is where, this is the correct information. Or this is the additional information. Not just about Algeria, but about, I have heard numerous people say, crime fiction doesn't exist in Egypt. I mean, uh, in, uh, in Arabic. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, um, I think, it. you know, it's always quite a stretch for anybody to suggest an absence without, you know, having literally read all of the millions of books that are out there. Mm. Um, but certainly to say the crime genre doesn't exist in Arabic is, it's not true. <laughs> <laughs> but it seems to be a popular thought. Well, and, and now you, you have... You have right. evidence to the contrary <laughs> in hand. Um, I uh, and I, I think on on that note, maybe we're going to wrap up with again uh, encouragement to everybody to check this issue it out. Seems- it's really beautiful, and and like you say, it spans crime stories over a thousand years, um, and uh, in and a lot of different formats and and types of storytelling and uh i i've i've really and i would just say the uh, the beautiful part 
thank you, Hassan. <laughs> yes, I always look forward to to his um, artwork. It's really beautiful. Mm. It has been the most enjoyable part of working on this is to <laughs> work with him on on laying the things out and seeing seeing them realized visually. Cool. And thank you so much for joining us, Nadia, and for your suggestions. Those will all be um, thank you. in the show Thanks notes. To you too. Um, and I'll be following up on several of them Thanks myself. Thanks to you too. It was really great to talk to you, especially since I've been listening to you for to you two for ages and I've been corresponding with Marcia in writing for years and we've never spoken. So <laughs> ah. yes, lovely to almost meet well, you, Nadia. This is, this is a good chance. <laughs> And we'll be back in a couple weeks. Thanks for listening, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye, guys.